I wanted to share with you how special your program has been to me. My wife and I have been going through some difficult years. That note from a man named John goes way personal after that. I'm Charles Morris at Haven Today. In the last few months, we've had many personal notes, more than in any of my 21 years as the fourth speaker on this program. We couldn't get emails and phone calls were too costly when this program started in the Depression of the 30s and World War II in the 40s. People wrote letters and we prayed then as we still pray today. We're less than a week away from the end of this fiscal year. Ahead is a COVID-19 summer and I don't know what that means. As I prayed for John and his wife, I prayed for others who COVID has affected physically and economically. At a time like this, if you can, we need to hear from you. We're less than 50% from our goal, but together with your help, we can make a difference. Would you call us or go online after the program and make your year-end gift? 800-654-2836 or come to haventoday.org. By God's grace, together, a little becomes a lot. Now, on to the program. COVID cases continue to climb in the U.S., less in Canada. Now Christians in other countries are receiving the blame. Istanbul, churches, Christians being attacked, saying COVID-19 is their fault. Meanwhile, Africa might be witnessing a genocide. So why are Christians and churches in Turkey being blamed for the coronavirus? Thankfully, it's not because they're not following social distancing protocols. Sadly, it's because some residents believe COVID-19 is a curse on their land because of the Christians. Yet a plague of violence and terror continues to hit Christians in Nigeria. Muslim militants killing hundreds this month alone with an estimate of 70,000 Christians killed over the past two decades, we may be witnessing a modern-day genocide. Let's pray for Christians in Turkey and Nigeria. Christ is our shepherd. He protects his people. I'm not spiritualizing. Persecuted Christians know this better than anyone. Christ is king. Justice will reign, if not now, when he returns. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, getting to share with you the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Cory Ten Boom Through the War. She lived through World War II, helping Jews hide out from the Nazis. She and her family finally were caught by the Germans and found themselves in concentration camps. Cory knew what it meant to be persecuted for following her Savior. Her father and sister died while in the camps. Corey miraculously survived, and she would go on to speak about how God's love gave her hope in the darkest hours of persecution. Do you understand that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit with the love of God, that you are able to suffer persecution even if it should come in your days? For the love of God still stands also when all else has fallen. That's what I've experienced. We can only see a little of God's loving, a few rich samples of His mighty store. But out there beyond the ice horizon, there's more, there's more. 
Yes, the best is yet to be. But know already. Know. There is a love of God available for you and me. And you can be the light for your house and in your work. And a light in this dark world. That's Corey Ten Boom herself sharing about how God's love filled her with hope and light in the darkest of places, a Nazi concentration camp. I'm curious if you knew that before Corey and her sister were taken into custody, they held a weekly Bible study for children and mentally challenged people. The Nazis didn't understand that, especially with those mentally challenged. But Corey was able to demonstrate that all people, old or young, Brilliant or challenged, black or white, born or unborn, we all have value because we're made in God's image. In a few minutes, we'll look to a moment where Jesus reminds everyone that we're to come to him as little children. But first, let me remind you again, June 30th, and that is the end of our fiscal year. I'd like to ask for your help to meet our year-end budget. I don't have to tell you, these are unprecedented times. And as we head into the summer months, giving is typically lean because of people being away. But this summer, things are even more different. People have lost their jobs. Coronavirus cases are spiking in a number of states. If you can, would you join me in praying for the Lord to lead us through this time? And if you can, as he provides, send your help. Call us or visit us online with your year-end gift to Haven Today. And you can also ask for the CD set of The Hiding Place, the three-hour-long epic audio drama on the life of Corey Ten Boom. We'll hear a bit of it in a moment. And after the program, you just can call us at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or visit us at haventoday.org. Listen to samples from this well-produced radio drama and then make your year-end gift and ask for the Hiding Place CD set at haventoday.org. And now, featuring Chris Jackson, here's Sovereign Grace Music. Your glorious cause, oh God, engages our hearts. May Jesus Christ be
one of three decades of songs from Sovereign Grace. That's Let Your Kingdom Come. You're on Haven Today, Corey Ten Boom Through the War, and I'm Charles Morris. When you think about this remarkable woman's life, a couple of things stand out. First, how she and her family helped hide Jews from Nazis in the Netherlands, and how Corey and her sister endured the concentration camp they were sent to. Only Corey survived. Her father and sister did not. But the Lord raised up Corey to be a voice after that great war to point people to Jesus and to teach others about forgiveness. But there was something else remarkable in the Ten Booms' life. They saw people as special because they were made in the image of God. And Corey and her sister Betsy ran a weekly Bible study for children and mentally challenged people. They loved to share Bible stories with them and to share the hope of the gospel with them. Today, I want to turn to one story in the Bible that always reminds me of Corey Ten Boom. It's found in Mark 10. It's about Jesus and the little children. And it had a deep impact on Corey's life, even though she was ridiculed for it. You've probably heard this before, but let's listen to part of the story, and I'll start with verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then a little later, just a verse or so later, verse 15, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. Now, I can't think of anything more precious in God's word to read than that. We should never underestimate our Lord Jesus's ability to teach. In her book, The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boom tells about the mentally challenge that she taught before she was arrested by the Nazis and sent to that concentration camp. That little Bible class had the kind of people Adolf Hitler wanted to do away with. He viewed them as inferior, a waste for society, useless, worthless. The disciples weren't telling Jesus to get rid of the children, but they were treating them as nothing more than a burden. And Jesus wouldn't stand for that. And neither should we. No one is a burden in God's kingdom. And Corey understood that. I want us to listen to a little bit of her story as told in the audio drama based on her book, The Hiding Place. It'll help you and me understand how she was ridiculed for caring for children and those who were mentally disabled. Yeah, hi. Lieutenant, I brought the prisoner Ten Boom for questioning. Right. Sit. Yes, sir. No, not there. Sit by the fire. You look cold. I am a bit. Thank you. I'm Lieutenant Rams. I'd like to help you, Miss Tenbaum. How can I help you? My sister and I are not feeling well. Perhaps we could visit the infirmary? Perhaps. But you must tell me everything. 
You shouldn't hide anything from me. I have nothing to hide, Lieutenant. Isn't it true that your operation was the headquarters for raids on food rations offices around the country? Oh, honestly, I don't know what you're talking about. How many Jews did you hide? What Jews? I hid no Jews. <sighs> your other activities, Miss Tenbaum, would you like to tell me about them? Other activities? Oh, you must mean my church for the mentally retarded people. I haven't been involved with that for a while now, but I found preaching to these special people very rewarding. What a waste of time and energy. If you want converts, Miss Tenbaum, surely one normal person is worth all the half which in the world. Hmm? May I tell you the truth, Lieutenant Rams? This hearing, Miss Tenbaum, is predicated on the assumption that you will do me just that honor. The truth, sir, is that God's viewpoint is sometimes different from ours. So different that we could not even guess at it unless he had given us a book which tells us such things. In the Bible, I learn that God values us not for our strength or our brains, but simply because he made us. Who knows? In his eyes, a half-wit, as you say, may be worth more than a watchmaker. Or a lieutenant. That will be all for today. God. Yes, Lieutenant? Prisoner Tenbaum has completed her hearing. She and her sister should be taken to the infirmary. Oh. An excerpt from the radio drama The Hiding Place, Corey Tenboom. She was teaching deep truth, truth about the Lord, truth about humanity. Why do people have value? Well, the Bible teaches us it's because we are made in God's image. It doesn't matter if you're mentally slow. It doesn't matter if you come from a higher class. It doesn't matter if you're the oppressor or the oppressed. Corey understood that people had value because God had made them. But she also understood that people are fallen. We've all gone astray, Jew or Gentile, and we all need a Savior. As we just heard, Corey shared these simple truths with her Nazi captors the same way she shared them with her little Bible study she held with children. She understood that no one could be saved without a simple faith, a childlike faith, a faith that says, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. A childlike faith that knows it has nothing to bring to the table. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. It rests on the fact that the Lord Jesus loves me anyways. He loves me and gave himself for me. That's how we know he cares about us. Do you remember how Jesus was so pleased that it wasn't the ones who thought they were wise who got his message? It was the unimportant, the unlearned. They were the ones who got it. Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Here's the big picture. The gospel is not for grown-ups. So how do we become like little children? 
And I think that's a serious question. Jesus told us his kingdom was made up of people who were like little children. He said it in Matthew 18, 3, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to become like little children? Does it mean being small and weak? Does it mean being trusting? Does it mean being spontaneous? Does it mean needing a nap in the afternoons or throwing a tantrum when you don't get your way? What does it mean to become like a small child? I don't think we should impose our 21st century ideas back into the time that Jesus was speaking into. In the first century, a child was an insignificant, weak member of society. Children were the lowest on the pole, the least important. That's what Jesus meant when he said, we have to become like little children. To become little children means to humble ourselves, to lay aside our self-importance. It means doing what Jesus told the Pharisees to do. They were elbowing each other to get the best seat of honor at the table. Jesus said, take the lowest seat, and then the master will come and say, please come up here and take a better seat. Even the disciples in this story were full of their own self-importance. They were the guys close to Jesus, and he was obviously the man of the hour. People were trying to get to him, and the disciples were the gatekeepers. They got to decide who was important enough to take up his valuable time. And children, they were just too insignificant. They didn't make the cut. Jesus had heavyweights lined up waiting to see him, of course. Rich young rulers, the Pharisees, even Romans. But Jesus insisted on seeing the children. He was reversing the world's idea of who was important, who was significant, who matters. And Corrie ten Boom understood this. And that's why she spent so much time caring for the neglected. She knew the kingdom of God was upside down. She understood that Christ always took the opportunity to explain that his kingdom is made of people like this. People the world thinks are unimportant. It was perfect timing because the disciples had just been having an argument themselves over who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Isn't that great? In Christ's kingdom, the least we learn is the greatest. In the kingdom of the world, the greatest is the greatest, right? It's the winners who get all the attention. That's the way the world works. What matters is who makes the decisions, who wins the game, who gets the prize, who has all the money, who rubs elbows with the famous and who wins the nomination and the election. The world has its arenas of significance. And that's where you find the really important people, right? Wrong. Those disciples were assuming the kingdom of God worked the same way as this world. They didn't get it yet. They would later, but they didn't then. Jesus said, that's not how it works in my kingdom. In my kingdom, it's the very least who are the greatest. If you want to be great in my kingdom, you have to welcome little children. You have to concern yourself with the ones the world considers the least important. And Jesus is telling us, that the arenas of significance in his kingdom are wherever you find the marginal, the unimportant, the insignificant. And he's telling you and me, that's where I will be. 
when you care for these little ones, when you treat them as important, then you'll be doing it to me. We humble ourselves and we become like little children when we step away from the spotlight where the world thinks all the action is and devote ourselves to the people the world considers nothing. And Jesus took notice of that and said, you have done it to me. Jesus said we have to change. We have to become humble like a child. We have to give up our self-importance. How can we do this? Well, the cross is the great humbler. It shows us what we are. We cannot enter the kingdom without being humbled by the cross. And if we keep seeing ourselves in light of the cross, humbling ourselves as a little child, we'll keep taking the lowest place at the table. And that is how we make our way to Jesus. Humble me, help me be in a right place with you. Where I look in your face and I'm touched by your grace and I see you for who you Jerry Keggy, humble me. Boy, do we need to hear that today. I'm Charles Morris with Corey Ten Boom through the war on this series this week on Haven Today. Corey was a hero without even knowing it. She and her family fought a valiant battle for right and won without ever pulling a trigger in World War II. As you heard, they shared the gospel with everyone, even children and mentally challenged. They also risked their lives to hide Jews from the Nazis. And you can rediscover the Ten Boom family's epic story by listening to the radio drama that we have for you called The Hiding Place here on this 75th anniversary of World War II. I want to send you the set of a three-hour production because I know it'll inspire you to live by faith and love others by faith in Jesus. Listen to this radio drama yourself and get another set to share with somebody else. This will be a blessing to you and those you love. And before I give you our number and website one more time, would you pray for our fiscal year end less than a week from today? 
We're 100% supported by friends like you. Pray that the Lord will meet our needs and pray about you being a part of the help we need this year. For over 85 years, the Lord has used friends like you to help us keep sharing the great story. Here's our number to call right now to make your year-end gift, but you can also ask for the hiding place. Call us at 800 654 or visit us on our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again, we'll be together and we'll get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Carefully manicured ivy may look amazing on an old estate, but when that stuff starts growing in your garden or up the sides of your trees where you don't want it, it's a bear to get rid of. You'll do whatever it takes to get rid of those invasive vines. And that's the attitude Jesus took toward the religious leaders in Israel whose earn-your-way-to-God brand of holiness had put the people of Israel in a spiritual chokehold. And for this, Jesus openly rebuked the Pharisees, saying, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. But by contrast, when your life is rooted in Christ, His life flows into you. Drink deeply from God's Word daily with Anchor Devotional. Just visit GetAnchor.com.